What happens if the Twins start off slow or these high expectations don't happen this season? Should the Vikings extend Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, and Rick Spielman? And should the Timberwolves go after a star over defense? And what about the Gophers football team? Can they make the Rose Bowl next year? All that and more on this question and answer of the Sports Launch Podcast. Welcome in to a question and answer edition of the Sports Launch Podcast, where Justin and I answer some important questions before some seasons begin, such as the Vikings, Twins, and Gophers, and one coming to an end, such as the Timberwolves. Justin, how are things going today? Everything is going well today. It's a it's a great Tuesday. The weather's warming up. Uh, everything is going good over here. How is everything for you? I'm doing good, Justin. And you mentioned the warm weather. Well, that warm weather has me thinking baseball. And I've been watching the spring training games, and we've seen the hype that's been around this team whether it's with the team the coaching staff the gm or fans in general we know that the high expectations are on board but you and i got to thinking what if this team stumbles out of the gates what if the pitching additions don't live up to the hype or we don't hit the ball as well as last year should fans take concern or start panicking I mean, there's always a possibility to anything here. I mean, you know, everybody always wants to have that realis- realistic expectation that we're going to win 101 games again and everything's going to be great. But at the end of the day, you have to have a realistic expectation on this season with, hey, we're not the underdogs anymore. We're not the team that everybody's going to take for granted. Everybody's going to take us very serious this year. And because of that, everybody wants to hunt us down this season. So I'm going to honestly come with a grain of salt, especially that first month. I mean, just looking at our schedule, we start with here, Andrew, we have Oakland for three game or a no, four game stretch. And then we have another three game series the following week, which is for our home opener. So we literally play Oakland for seven of our first 10 games. And Oakland was a playoff team last year. So that's not going to be, we're not going to come out swinging like we did last season, having a great start. I wouldn't be shocked if the Twins, honestly, are maybe only two or three games, only above 500 after about a week and a half into the season. And I think fans just need to be realistic about that. We have a pretty tough first month. I and mean, we have we have a team in uh, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, we go to Chicago White Sox. We have Toronto, which we always struggle in Toronto for some reason. And then we have, again, we come back and we have Boston at the end of the month and then LA Dodgers at LA Dodgers. So, I mean, that's that first month is going to be very tough for the Twins. This is where I honestly say if the twins are sitting at 500 after the first month i'm not going to panic just because week after the first month we literally have a stretch starting in may 4th we play giants which i mean i'm sure you and me both are thinking the same thing on the giants we're not thinking they're gonna be that great um and then the royals then you got detroit you get a series against cleveland which you never know how that's gonna go but then we have the orioles which we all know how we did last year against the orioles uh and then the white Sox at home we don't get a tough real true tough series in that whole month of may until the end of the month we have the yankees in new york so i kind of look at this like if we can just get through that first month of the season, a couple games over 500, three, four games over 500, we could really pick up ground in the month of May heading into June. I don't think we need to panic if the Twins start slow out of the gates. Pitching usually is ahead of the hitting, so could the hitting struggle to start the season? Absolutely. Could we see in a regression from last year? Absolutely. But I don't think we need to panic. And I don't think the team will go in expecting to hit 300 plus home runs again. I think they will go in and expect to hit the ball hard, but I don't think anyone thinks 300 plus home runs 
leading the league in home runs again is possibly a thing that's going to happen. I think we can talk about the additions that they did as well. How will they fit in at target field? Do we really know? Not necessarily. And do they all form a great chemistry? You know, Rocco has done a great job at putting that locker room and keeping that locker room energized and all trusting in one another. But let's wait and see. Marwan Gonzalez was part of that Astros team that cheated. So I think we need to see where things go with that. I also think of injuries. The season is long. You know, we weren't really injury prone or had guys on the injured list very long, except for Byron Buxton. So could we start slow? Yes. But do we panic about that? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, that's just where we have to sit right now. It's it's going to be a... I always kind of look at every game in baseball as you're going to have ebbs and flows. Last year, we were... We, we didn't have a series. We lost like three games in a row. So it took, we were the last team, I think, what was it, almost like July or August last year until that happened. And we can't expect it to happen this year. So I think as Twins fans, we have to understand this season where we don't know how things are going to go. What happens if Jose Brios or Odorizzi get hurt? You know what I mean? Like that's a huge blow to our rotation if they have to go to a 15-day DL for an extended period of time here. And I think for a lot of fans out there, they need to realize that if that happens, there's no way we're probably, if we go 500 in that stretch, we're doing very well. So I think for the Twins, we just need to have a realistic expectation of these players is win the division and try to win as many games as possible is the goal, right? Because we want to have as many home playoff games as possible this offseason. But at the end of the day, we have to understand to start the season against Oakland. Like I said, we played Oakland seven of the first 10 games. I Like I said, if we're sitting at coasting at 500 after the first week, it wouldn't really shock me because when you play a team that was a playoff team last year that many times to start the season, that's it's just going to be hard for the Twins to come out right away at like guns blazing and you know start the season out at like 8-2. That's just not going to happen this year. I just don't see it. Justin, I think another question that we need to answer is about the Minnesota Vikings. Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins are all kind of intertwined. They're all sitting on one-year contracts. Could this be the last year for them all? Should the Vikings re-sign them or sign them to extensions? And how many more years can we expect of Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman, and Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I uh, as much as I really love Zimmer and I think he's done some great things, at times he kind of frustrates me because I've, I want to win Super Bowls. I could hear less about division championships and winning one playoff game. But at the end of the day, I, there's not really, honestly, a ton of great options out there. So I, I honestly think that in some way, shape, or form that Zimmer's going to get an extension. Spielman's probably going to get an extension. Um, and that's really going to be huge for Kirk Cousins because if Kirk Cousins is going to get an extension, those two guys have to get an extension first. Because without those two guys getting an extension, if they don't get extended... I can almost tell you right now that Kirk Cousins is probably not going to get an extension because the new guy is going to want his own young quarterback and they're going to start a totally different direction. So I think, in my personal opinion, that if the Vikings are planning on keeping Kirk Cousins, it's going to really hinge on what happens with Spielman and Zimmer. And I think that's where a lot of fans are really confused. Like, what are the Vikings going to do with Kirk Cousins? Guys, it's not Kirk Cousins we need to worry about. It's what are we going to do with, with Mike Zimmer and what are we going to do with Spielman? Because is our window still open to win? It probably is here but it's it's closing really fast and what are we going to go with this future you know are we still gonna are we planning on rebuild here in three years is Zimmer and, and Spielman going to be a part of that rebuild you know that those are questions that are going to have to be addressed and I'm going to be really interested more in that honestly than the rest of the players that are going to be going down I'm going to give them this year. I'm not going to extend them this offseason, whether it's now or whether it's wait and see. I give them this season, and if all goes well, 
if they can make a deep run into the playoffs again, I will extend them. But if it's an eight and eight or a nine and seven team that just barely makes the playoffs, then no, I don't think they deserve another shot and I might go a different direction. Now I might not fire all of them. I might keep Zimmer and I might keep Spielman, but I might let Kirk Cousins go or I might keep just Mike Zimmer or just Spielman. I don't think the, like you mentioned, I don't think they would just keep Kirk and then get a new head coach. I think, like you said, the new head coach is going to want to get their own quarterback in there, whether it's young or whether it's another veteran that's hitting free agency, but I'm only giving them this year. And if things go bad, then it's bye-bye. But if things go good, all right, I might think about an extension. Now, I don't know if I'm going to give them a long extension. You know, I might not give Kirk Cousins a five-year contract or and keep them around. It might just be another two or three-year contract with the money guaranteed. But I think we see the Vikings hold off and let the season play out before anything is done. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I like that. I like that thought. Just because, you know, this team is windowish. I think I said it's shortening really fast on us here um, if you want to win a Super Bowl. And if you give these guys an ultimatum for one season, hey, you got to win this season or you're out. It's kind of like these NFL players, you give them contracts. I mean, look at look at Derrick Henry in football, right? Look how well he did on his contract season. Pretty good year. Austin Hooper, and you know, he's a big Falcons fan, right? You give him an ultimatum hey this is your contract season what does Austin Hooper do this season fall out right so mate, why don't we put our GM and our coach in that same sex situation and see what they can do because if they can do it right if these players are all they're doing it why can't these coaches and GMs put it together and do it I mean I'm looking really big into this draft this free agency what are the Vikings going to do there's a lot of big moves that need to be done here and there's a lot of players that are going to be in you know being looked at as well too so the vikings they have a lot of holes they need to still fix we don't have a lot of cap space so this draft's gonna be important but like i said these head guys are going to be very important towards the future of the vikings and we got to figure out is this are we are we going to plan on having a regression here at some point here soon because it's it's bound to happen with the the age of a lot of these players is kirk cousins the right guy you know there's a lot of questions with kirk cousins some people like them some people don't and with those kind of things coming up i think it's something that the front office could give it a year see what happens and then go from there and if it's a losing season or you don't make the playoffs it would not surprise me if this team gets blown up oh yeah wouldn't shock me at all (laughs) the Timberwolves lost another game Justin and it got me thinking should the Timberwolves worry about getting another star this offseason a lot has been made about the Timberwolves getting D'Angelo Russell and pairing him with his best friend Carl Anthony Towns now some people think could the Timberwolves go out and get Devin Booker should they go get a guy like Devin Booker or another star name or big name or do you think after watching this defense play so bad, they should worry about bringing some defensive guys in knowing they possibly already have the offense that is needed. Yeah, this is a tough question to answer. Uh, the reason why is just because you really could honestly go two ways on this. There's never a situation where I can think of where you have three superstars in a team and your team just isn't good. Like, I just, it's hard to find those those teams. So if we got Booker in our team with D'Lo and Towns, I have a hard time believing that the Wolves wouldn't be top five in the NBA with that roster. I don't care who else is wrong. It, they're gonna they're gonna get better on defense that defense is something that takes chemistry and time to learn because they got to get used to playing with the guys you're with so i think the defense is something that yeah it's bad right now folks but take it with a grain of salt it's gonna get better there's no way we're gonna be giving up 136 points every game but i think the i think with i also understand the logistics though of not getting a booker let's say here for example and we get a couple of defensive players because guess what happens then right we have a couple more guys that can fill in we give guys more rest uh we take care of guys bodies the right way here and I think, in essence, it really helped our team out if we get two solid defensive players in our team. Because I mean, look at look at 
the Houston Rockets right now. We got rid of Robin Covington. To, he goes over there to Houston, and then look how much better they're playing on defense right now. So I could I could see it going both ways. I can see the Wolves going and getting a couple rotational guys that are really good on defense, help this team out. But I also could see him going after Booker and trading maybe some NBA picks here this year and going down that direction too. And I I'm honestly to me it's like a win win situation. I just hope they either pick one of those directions this offseason and don't just do nothing. Yeah, this question was hard to answer thinking about it. And I've been thinking about it a lot and doing a lot of research on it as well of what defensive players that are hitting free agency might the Timberwolves look at. And one guy that I've been looking at is Hassan Whiteside and putting him next to Carl Anthony Towns. The only problem that I'm thinking might be or what might be a problem is that he's 30 years old. And it seems like the guys that they brought in through trades was kind of matching guys in the low to mid 20s. So I'm not sure if they would bring that veteran presence in or an older guy in now we have seen the twins do that and i think the twins benefited greatly from it so we could maybe see the timberwolves go in that direction but the twins also didn't do it until they thought they could win and i'm not sure i think we need to take it a little slow with the timberwolves right now knowing that these guys are young let's make the playoffs first and then start worrying about building a championship caliber team so would it be fun to bring in a guy like devin booker absolutely and like you mentioned i think you do need three stars or this league is showing you need two to three legitimate stars to play in this league now i know you and i have debated whether we think carl anthony towns and d'angelo russell are legit winning superstars that can win you a championship or do they need more people around them do they need a whole entire team to win a championship rather than you know winning one by themselves so yes booker would be fun yes i think we'd win a lot of games with those three guys but i really want to fix this defense i don't think you need a legit maybe top three defense I think they could go like the Rockets where they're top five or top 10 but I think you need to start surrounding Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell with defensive players even though like you mentioned chemistry is a big thing with defense and there was an interesting um, quote that came out last night I believe it was after the game that James Johnson said to one of the newspaper writers I believe and he said he's been calling out Miami Heat defensive plays which obviously that's where he came from so you can tell that these guys haven't played together for very long and how things could be confusing and why the communication might be a little iffy still so again I don't think we need to panic and like I don't think they're going to give up 136 points like Justin said next year that's going to be like their you know ceiling or low but I also think that this team needs defensive help tremendously but I could see a star still coming like Devin Booker as well. Justin, we talked about the Gophers basketball team last week, but this week we were thinking about Gophers football and specifically what realistic expectations are after getting back to a bowl game last year. Yeah, I think the Gophers are an exciting football team. So yeah, 11-2, and two, I think people are on... on cloud nine last year i think in minnesota when they got to turn on the national tv on tuesday nights and see the gophers floating in like the eighth eighth ranked team at one point there i mean that's that was nuts i mean to start the season if you had told me we would have ever been in that position that's crazy uh we go to the outback bowl last year at 10 and 2 you know i think everyone wanted to go to the rose bowl but unfortunately when you lose to wisconsin your own rival you lose all the opportunity to go to the rose bowl so um you know, it sent us over to the Outback Bowl, and then we beat a you know a, a big power conference team in Auburn last year. That was huge. That was that was that was really really big, and it set the Gophers up here for a really interesting off season because last year they ranked a sixth 
in the whole West last year. Sixth place in the West last year was a weird rank to start the season out of the seven teams. And this season, there's no way they're going to start out six out of seven teams in the West. They're probably got to be in the top three. I would shock me if uh, I'm sure Iowa's got to be on the side of Wisconsin and, and Minnesota have to be top three. I'm sure Nebraska is getting some talks in there probably on four. But I mean, it's it's near top three. There are a lot of people are going to be taking you pretty serious this year. So I think for Minnesota, I had a, you know I had a chance to sit down and think what is realistic for this team is eleven and two another realistic season. And I think that's what some fans are expecting or 12-1 or Rose Bowl. And I get it. I really do. I really get it. But when you look at their schedule this year, I mean, I'm just going to walk through here with you, all of you guys here listening. But um, they start against Florida Atlantic, which we really honestly should expect to win there and against Tennessee Tech. But we have the schedule changes this year for the Big Ten starting in 2020, where you have your first Big Ten uh, game starting in week three. So we actually play Iowa to start right off the back, which... Iowa, man, they've been getting us here for quite a few years. So that's going to be a really tough game. We do have them at home, but, um, you know, I, that's going to be a tough game. Then we come right back and play BYU. Uh, we play Auburn, or not Auburn, we play, um, sorry about that. We play Maryland here at Maryland um, in the beginning of October. And then we come back and we play two tough games in a row. One against Wisconsin, and then another one against Michigan. And then we don't technically get what's called the weekly break. Um, until later in the season. I think we had to play the first thing. It was like 11 weeks or so this season. I'm trying to look here quickly. 10, 27, 24, 7. I don't know. Maybe we don't get the break. I know there's some point in the season. We, I, I was just listened to uh, to PJ Flex press conference here about two hours ago. But he was kind of talking about the season and kind of breaking it down for fans. And I think the biggest thing he kind of talked about is we have our own expectations in our locker room and we're not really going to worry about everybody else. And I thought that was pretty interesting for a coach to say, because I'm sure everybody else and the star tribune, everybody else has these high expectations. And I think PJ Fleck is doing the model, which is pretty smart of one and all two and all three and all. And I think that's a smart way to do it because if you break it down and try to make an expectation of winning 11 games again, when you don't, when you already lost two games, the pressure is just going to build up on the players. That's going to be too much. And I think it's just a smart way to do it. But I mean, what's what's your thoughts on this season here, Andy? What do you think the Gophers can realistically do? I agree with you. They do have a tough schedule. And you mentioned the Iowa game, which is going to be tough. I agree. But last year it was at Iowa, where this year it's going to be at Minnesota. So maybe that helps you having the home crowd behind you, backing you up. I think if you can go one and one with the Iowa BYU back to back and then Wisconsin, Michigan, I think you have that chance of going to the Royce going to the Rose Bowl like you mentioned some of the writers or other media members are saying and I think that should be legit expectations you bring back Tanner Morgan you bring back Zach Anikstead who you mentioned before the podcast could be the starting quarterback and was the starting quarterback until he got hurt so you're gonna have that quarterback battle that let's get the best guy out there and we saw how Tanner Morgan flung it around the football field and you're bringing back one of the best wide receivers in college football and you have your whole starting offensive line back so I think realistic expectations or what fans should expect this year is the Rose Bowl yeah I mean if we're gonna make the Rose Bowl though the only thing is we're probably we'd have to probably have one of those two losses against Iowa we'd have to probably be Iowa and then lose to BYU which is kind of a bummer but I think you could only lose like one big 10 game because in the West, those games count and have two losses. I don't think Wisconsin or Iowa, for example, are going to have two losses for us to get to the Rose Bowl through that situation. But I guess you got to play the games out and see what happens. I'm really interested to see what the Gophers this year do, both offensively and defensively. We have a lot of players that we have to replace on that defensive side of the ball this year. And I think with that, that's going to be something to address for the upcoming season because we all saw what Antoine Winfield Jr. did last year for the Gophers. It was uh, pretty impressive. But I think for this team this season, 
I think finding out who is going to be replacing those players on the defense side of the football is going to be a huge, huge kind of outlook on this upcoming season. So yeah, I totally agree. That defense will be the determination, I think, for if this team makes it either into the college football playoffs or makes it into another higher bowl game. Because like we said, the offense is pretty much fully coming back but you lost some key pieces on that defense and we even with college football I think you still need a good defense to win college football games just like in the NFL yeah I have to agree I mean there's some people that I'm actually pretty excited that are going to be coming up this season especially on that defensive side of the ball um and then offense side I mean we had Chris Autumn Bell last year that really exploded last year for wide receiver and I mean I think a lot of people are going well yeah we lose Tyler Johnson but I'm like yeah but this Autumn Bell guy I mean he had the game-winning catch last year against Fresno State and you know, a huge situation. And I mean, for him to do that, that's pretty exciting. And um, he's going to be back this year. So I think a lot of people need to take that with a grain of salt. And we all saw what Rashad Bateman did last year as a wide receiver. He was he was doing an absolutely amazing job. And I know a lot of people are going to take him pretty serious this year because they will have to put more precedence on him. But I think he's a very interesting name for a lot of people that don't know. I think a lot of people in the nation got to see him, but I think a lot of people are going to be interested to see how much better is he going to get. I think he'll be a really interesting name to kind of go into it. And then we all saw what uh, a running backs did last year i mean we had Ibrahim last year he was yeah he is good i mean he is really good and we have some really good upcoming running backs coming up out of this um you know for the golfers here as well and i think that's something that's you know needs to be talked about here maybe more detail when we get closer to football season but um you know a very interesting name and and then i think for a lot of people are really interested about that linebacker position that might get replaced um you know we had i think it's i can't i'm trying to make sure i say his name right here but I think it's Sori Maureen or something, Maureen. Um, he played last year in the game against Penn State, and he played very well. And I think for him, he's going to be able to step in that position. He's only a junior right now, but I think he's going to step in for the next two years for the Gophers uh, just fine, clog in the middle of the holes, do everything we need to do in the run game. And I think he's going to help the Gophers out immensely this upcoming season, um, giving us a little balance on that defense. Uh, I just think figuring out who's going to be playing that safety spot for Winfield is going to be the spot that I'm going to be most interested in watching during spring game this year, uh, as you know, having that backside is going to be very important for the Gophers to have success. Do you think that Iowa BYU is tougher or the Wisconsin Michigan will be tougher? Oh. I think expectations are going to be so high in the Gophers that I expect BYU and Iowa to pull playoffs very tough. So I, those games kind of scare me. But at the end of the day, Wisconsin-Michigan is definitely the tougher stretch. I mean, you yes, we have Michigan at home, and that's, that's a great advantage. But playing at Wisconsin, that's that's brutal. Wisconsin is very good. They recruit very well every year. They have great offensive linemen. They have some pieces they're you know, leaving, of course. But they're still very well. They reload every season. And I expect Wisconsin to be – that Wisconsin-Michigan stretch is going to be tough because I expect Michigan to bounce back a little bit this season. So I expect that Wisconsin-Michigan stretch to be tougher. But I'm not taking for granted that Iowa be you stretch in any way shape or form yeah i think by the time you play michigan wisconsin i think you're gonna know what this gopher football team is as you're what halfway through the season by then and you'll also know whether guys are going to be injured i mean it's probably not as likely you're going to go injured injury prone into that byu iowa game at least we hope not but when you get through halfway through the season could some key guys be out and that'll be i think something to watch yeah and like i said that defensive secondary there's some good guys coming up but there are a lot of young, inexperienced players, and you play teams like Michigan 
and uh, Wisconsin, especially Wisconsin, they still have their quarterback back there. He's got another year under their belt. So he's going to be more comfortable. And I think that's something a lot of people don't realize and understand is you need to have a good secondary, even though in the Big Ten, a lot of teams like to run the football, even like a team like Wisconsin. They may be throwing the ball more this year. They don't have their star running back Taylor there anymore. So they might be throwing the ball five, ten times more a game than people expect. And with that, we need to have a little bit better secondary. Um, glad we, play, we don't play him until about halfway into the season. So we get a little chance to get our secondary comfortable. But still, it's something we need to address. Yeah, and you might be able to get away with a good not great defense with BYU and Iowa but you're gonna want your absolute best out there on Saturday against Michigan and Wisconsin oh yeah 100% for sure I mean they they just recruit so well there that at the end of the day we just had to have to out coach them and I kind of out like scheme them a little bit because the skill players on both sides between the Gophers and playing Michigan or playing Wisconsin we just don't have we don't have the high-end four. And even, I mean, you looking at Michigan, they recruit some five-star recruits. We don't get five-star recruits here. So we have to kind of almost out-scheme them a little bit to beat those kind of teams. That'll do it for this question and answer Sports Launch Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify.